0: As a OneOuter.com podcast listener, you can get yourself a massive $70 discount from our sponsors, PokerXFactor.com. They offer the best in poker training with lots of new videos each week from some of the top names in online poker. Just use coupon code OneOuter70. That's oneouter T E R Seven Zero. Okay, it's a pleasure for OneOuter.com today to speak with uh, UK player Max Silver. Um, I had one of Max's friends on as the last guest, uh, Nick Abu-Risk, and both of them seem to be uh, sort of masters of the UKIPT scene, um, especially in 2010. Uh, how are you today, Max?
1: I'm very good, thank
0: you. Cool, cool. I bumped into uh, both Nick and Max in Vegas when I was there for the World Series, and I got a little chat with them. and Max kindly agreed that he would come on to the podcast. So uh, how how did Vegas go? Um before and after I finished speaking with you? Um,
1: it was a small disaster but definitely got saved near the end. Uh, so I went out there planning to play a bunch of events, um, probably about 40 or 50k worth but I had a bunch of issues with the bank wire that I sent out. Um, it didn't arrive and then it was about four weeks into the series when it finally arrived so I was definitely struggling for cash, I had to skip some of the events I really wanted to play just because I didn't have any cash on me.
0: Um, so you skipped the you skipped the one drop then? Uh, I
1: did unfortunately. I was really I would care <laughs> that one. But um but then I also skipped events like the three K PLO, the ten K PLO, the events which I really were looking forward to playing. But then eventually it did arrive and uh Yeah, so I had uh, one cash out of like sixteen events. So it was not the best summer, but I thought I played pretty well and uh pretty happy with that. But luckily, um My staking did save the summer. I had a bunch of players in the the middle event, and quite a few of them went very deep.
0: Right, right, nice. Did anybody win anything, any events that you were staking with, or had a piece of, or anything? Uh, Well,
1: that's yet to be decided. Uh, I have a small piece of uh, eighth place currently in the October 9, which is Jacob uh, Borsiger. Uh, All right. So hopefully uh, he wins, uh, or at least comes (laughs) anywhere other than ninth. Right, right. So i want a big, kind of massive free roll. I'll be out there again in uh, October, and it uh, should be fun.
0: That sounds good. How how do you find the the stake? <laughs> and is is this something that you've sort of done relatively you know, recently, or have you always sort of been looking at, once you sort of had your own role and stuff, sort of looking to back people that are sort um,
1: of… It started out as kind of misplaced, kind of just like, oh, look at me, I can buy pieces. But then luckily I ran pretty good at the start, and… Um, So I was taking it quite seriously around uh, Christmas two thousand and ten. I think me and my partner, uh, second partner, we decided to just basically invest half and half into each of our stakes. Um, We bought about two hundred thousand worth of shares in uh, two thousand and eleven. Right. We had a pretty decent return on that. Um, But then I think over the last year or so, the marketplace has really kind of become a seller's market. People, people were like, like. All the markups are way too high. There's much higher risk of being scammed, I think. So I have pretty much cut down my back and put almost zero right now um, and just buying the odd pieces here and there. Uh, I was lucky enough this year in Vegas to, just, even though I had a much, much smaller amount of people that I was staking, I still ran really good and had a November
0: 9th. Yeah. Well, I had uh, Eric Sheets, you know, Haber on yeah. uh, the podcast and obviously he's one of the you know biggest backers and was certainly back in the early days. I mean, Johnny Backs. And he sort of went right into it and said, you know, they, Johnny Bax is like one of the sharpest guys he knows, you know, on the planet. And they had all these risk formulas, et cetera, everything. And they just said it got far too much, you know, effort and headaches sort of dealing with it. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's definitely a lot of work. You can make a lot of money, but there's, but there's also like a lot of variance. And um, I think to the amount amount was taking, I needed a much bigger bankroll than I actually had at the time. And uh, yeah. I kind of took a step back and... uh I was like, "All right, I ran good. Let's just take a step back and uh, count my money."
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how about then? I always like to start, you know, way back, try and get nostalgic. So, about your starting poker, how long have you been playing for?
1: Uh, I say seriously for the last three and a bit years. Um, like I was pretty much waiting for the day when I turned eighteen to play online. I was very excited about that. Um, and I put on fifty bucks into party. Uh. Lost it very, very fast and just kept playing on the, like 50, 100 bucks here and there. Probably lost mm-hmm. a good like four or 500 before I actually like, started working my payments for that. And then actually worked my like, playing within my bankroll and started out right at NL2, um, playing the one cent, two cent on Pokestars. And uh, from there, just kind of kept winning um, very slowly, of course, uh, winning literally cents at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. But then uh, my kind of big big breakthrough, I was kind of started playing in 50 wasn't really moving up too much, um, was when I got in touch with Jay Carver, uh, also, his name is uh, is Jason Somerville, and um, yeah, really good player, actually quite a good friend of mine, but uh, anyway, um, he was starting a pro- his, like, this kind of small project, which has been me and a few other guys being coached for about six months um, in return for a share of our winnings, and that just kind of like took my game to the next level. Uh, it gave me the kind of tools I needed to... For myself and make decisions, and after of that, kind of went from strength to strength.
0: Right. So um, when you were starting out, you were saying you were practicing sort of like proper bankrolls. was mainly cash games you were playing, yeah. Um.
1: Well, when, when I first like started that, I was playing pretty much everything and anything. But then, yeah, uh, once I kind of sat down, I kind of focused on uh, on cash games and never really been any kind of like online tournament grinder or sit and go grinder. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So you said you know it was a sort of you got the coaching obviously and they took a cut of your winnings and was it like a slow and steady climb or? Uh,
1: it was it was actually a pretty rapid climb. I got up to like NF400, but then I, I obviously ran pretty good to get there that fast and uh, had some hiccups along the way. Uh, was kind of stuck there for a while and then um, right near the end of coaching, uh, Jason was kind of starting to play some uh, some Omaha. So mm-hmm. I had a look into some Omaha, started playing some Omaha, ran really really good at the start of my Omaha career. Um, Pretty, was like 50 bands over a Ruby at like just a PLO 100 or whatever. And,
0: uh, right.
1: and then for a while, I was at this point, I was, I was still working, and um, it was kind of like poker was like part of my life, but it wasn't the main focus of my life. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I just kept playing a kind of mixture of Hold'em and Omaha, but probably more Hold'em. But I felt like the games were pretty tough. Um, like I, def- I was definitely winning the games, but. I think I was, uh, I just wasn't really enjoying the grind and then um, actually last year uh, in August after a bit of a bad run I was on a pretty huge downswing um, both live and online. Uh, I hadn't cashed in something like 40 live tournaments when I decided to start playing more Omaha and um, since that time I probably played less than a thousand hands of uh, Omaha, sorry, of of Hold'em online and played about Two hundred and fifty thousand hands of Omaha online. It's become my main game.
0: Right, right. So what sort of stakes are you playing now then? Um,
1: this year's been very interesting. I started out playing about uh, two four three six, and nowadays I'm playing up to 50, 100 But that has not gone well this year, so. Right.
0: Um,
1: but I'm playing quite a lot of ten, of, of think fifty when it runs, so yeah, it's been going pretty good. Um the swings are pretty insane, but that's how I'm a half a year when you're playing just
0: like, like, yeah. how as high I do. So are these games on stars or are they on some of the Euro sites? Uh, where... I'm playing
1: on some of the Euro sites, playing time on Stars, um, but mostly on the Euro sites. Um I think the games are pretty good still. Um and yeah, I just can't... Right.
0: right, so when you were getting the coaching from uh, Jason Somerville, when was that? Was that just like three years ago?
1: That would have been in um, September two thousand and nine. So yeah, about about three years ago.
0: Right. And how old are you, Max? I'm currently twenty two. Twenty two. Right. So you were like, although you're you know you're a young guy, you were kind of like a, a sort of late starter in terms of like the poker. Yeah. Boom, if um, you like,
1: I definitely kind of like. I heard I've, I've heard a lot of stories about how how like amazing the games were. I, I do feel the games are a little, even a lot tougher now than it was just like a year ago. Um, and I do kind of regret that I wasn't around for that kind of huge boom, but I guess I can only do with what I've done and I think I've done fairly well with what I've been given.
0: Well, well, what I was going to say there is sort of like you're evidence of someone that, you know, if you do still put your mind to it, get the proper coaching and work at it, then people still can do it from from little or no money.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you hear the games are tougher, you know, all the time and obviously they are. I think even like the standard, you know, absolute fish online still knows better basic you know poker ideas and concepts than you know five six years ago i mean that that's unquestionable um but yeah you're just proof that you know like people that you're not one of these guys that started way back at paradise poker and stuff you know we're winning thousands a day like for free so what was your sort of bankroll rules then for like uh, cash and and tournament what was it was it like the the hundred buy-ins or a little bit more aggressive than that? Um,
1: I say I was playing pretty aggressively. I was pretty much operating like uh, between 30 and 40 bankroll, uh, sorry, uh, between 30 and 40 buy in limit at any pound stake, and then moving up fairly aggressively. Uh, Jason was a big kind of advocate of being very aggressive with the macro, and I, I was very fortunate that, that because I had worked and I was working in the, at the time, then I never had to withdraw any money. So I basically, anything that I won went, went went towards moving up straight away. So that I think. Most because of that I was able to move up very fast, as opposed to a lot of players who have to kinda like they win like five buyers and have to withdraw three and then it takes them like that much longer to actually start to move up and play
0: bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a lot of these guys that sort of start, you know, it's their career or not their career, it's their main source of income early when they're building, it sort of hinders them definitely, doesn't it, when they have to take money yeah, out? Yeah, I, I would be, definitely give
1: advice to anyone who's kind of starting out in poker, or like wants to, want to go pro is definitely have a, a main source of income that isn't poker, and I think it just kind of contributes both towards like your like your ability to actually build a bankroll, but also your overall happiness, it's just like you aren't really used to big swings, and when you finally hit that huge downswing, you're going to feel like crap every day, and like if you're doing that for your own income, then you're actually you feel that every time you're playing you're actually losing money and that's a really kind of hard thing to face um, but then if, yeah if, you, if you're working a job normally and you actually having money coming in then it's it's at least to me in my experience it was nowhere near as, as big a deal when I actually had a job and I was losing to when I was on my own and uh,
0: yeah yeah well it's it's sort of two separate entities isn't it it's not all in the one part sort of thing sure yeah so what's uh? you know obviously I mentioned 2010 with the UK IPTs, and I had, uh, you know, Nick on, and he obviously had an amazing year as well. And you two guys sort of seemed to you—you you were friends before sort of playing the UK IPTs and stuff, yeah? Uh, we
1: actually met a couple of months before the first one we played together in uh, Edinburgh via uh, a mutual friend of ours, and uh, we went to Dust to Dawn in Nottingham for the end of the month there, and uh, I didn't cash, but Nick managed to win one of the. Um, one of the side events there and uh, that was supposed that's kind of like how we met and became friends and then we kind of arranged off that to go to Edinburgh together It's where he won like came 6th so
0: yeah so it seems like the sort of you know the record in the UK PT, I mean as you say Nick won the Edinburgh leg I think that was the August and you got 6th at it and then the next month you won Dublin wasn't it yeah. for like 70k um, and then I, you won I was looking at your Hendon mob earlier you know with you coming on and you won a fifteen hundred side event um, in EPT. I think it was down in yeah, London. Yeah, uh,
1: in London. Uh, so that was actually a really cool weekend because uh, well, that the whole obviously it's was awesome twin side event. But then um, my really good friend uh, David Van Plouw was was um, so that was the night before he played the main event final table and he actually ended up winning that as well. So it was a, it was yeah. a huge party. Uh,
0: yeah, nice. So. What do you think, I think I spoke with Nick about this, about obviously him winning two UKIPTs IPTs, and, you know, obviously you got to run good and stuff and play a bit. We were talking about confidence, you know, with, like, getting the first win and then sort of, like, it's strange how in poker, you know, like, no matter how maths-based you are and stuff, you you look at, you know, you understand variance, et cetera, but then you think these purple patches that some guys go through, it's uh, how much of that is, you know, confidence and or how much of it is just a sort of statistical like outlier that's you know it's just
1: uh, i think i think it's confidence just does play a big part i think when you're when you're running good and you're confident you're willing to make uh make a lot more moves and take some more risks which you probably wouldn't wouldn't do when you're running bad and you just always kind of i think you can kind of see poker a lot more clearly whereas um when you're running bad you're kind of thinking like what if uh when you're running good you're kind of thinking okay th- this is good because um and yeah i think i think, I think like not only i think confidence is really really good Uh, Of your game, I think that your opponents also can kind of see if you're confident, and they'll kind of be a bit more afraid of you, which I think is a huge thing in poker to have that kind of fear factor,
0: especially in tournaments. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you said you're not much of a tournament uh, grinder and stuff. So what what attracted you to sort of like live tournaments? You know, like as a cash player.
1: Um. Well. So, number one, running extremely good when I started playing them. That was definitely helped. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I, I, I kind of always enjoyed Life poker. I think there's a lot more information out there. I think there's just so many more variables you can account for, like uh, timing and demeanor, live tail, stuff like that. So, I, I just still really enjoy them. Um, I think they're a lot of fun. And uh, even though they're be a bit of grind, and I've got on pretty bad downs and out swings on them, um, yeah, no, there's a lot of fun, I think, there. But I just don't enjoy the online grind where I feel much more robotic and yeah, live feels less like a am grinding and more like I'm just kind of having fun and playing poker most of the time. Yeah.
0: So what was, um, you know, like, obviously, you know, it's a crazy question and stuff, but like an event like a UKIPT where there's a huge mix of players, you know, you've got some really good solid online players. You've got, with, I know the buy-in's increased slightly this season, but it's still sort of accessible to, you know, a recreational players, satellite people, etc. So it's a pretty, you know, broad cross section of players. When you're playing these games, um, what's your sort of like overall uh, sort of like view? You know, as if you, I don't know, the Max Silver guide to sort of like playing a UK IPT. Are you just looking for you know spots that are plus EV and just playing it the way you would any yeah. poker situation, or are you making adjustments?
1: Uh, I mean, I think definitely you want once you've been on TV and stuff like that, in these in these kind of tournaments, and you have to kind of adjust a bit, because I think you become like a bit of a target. Both like either people, either some players are going to go after you, some players are going to kind of like stay clear of you. But um,
0: yeah,
1: I tend to play fairly tight um, early on. I'm just kind of trying to get in, get trying to trying to try get through to the anti stages with um, a decent stack because I think. Once the anti is hit, the hit, then my edges becomes just that much bigger because people play way too tight and straightforward and I can pretty much like apply a lot more pressure once once the anti is hit. So yeah, usually you can kind of sit back up. It's not sit back completely, but I'll won't pull off like any ridiculous bluffs normally, um, early on and then I'll just try and try and create a reasonable image, even though I can still pull off some some moves. I'm not gonna be afraid of that. But then yeah, just try and try and hit anties and then try and just accumulate without taking any huge risks if possible.
0: Yeah. And then run run great. Yeah, run, run great
1: and make five <laughs> table and we'll hopefully
0: win it. That's the, first of the plan. Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, like with like back in the day when you were grinding cash, you know, and you were getting coached from Jason Somerville and uh, you were building up, what was your sort of um you know, you mentioned down swings and that, you know, how did you deal with these downswings when you were building? Obviously once you've got, you know, a relatively, you know, big role then it you would imagine or you would certainly hope that it would be a lot easier to deal with, but when you're building it, it seems much tougher to deal with downswings. What was your sort of way of tackling that? Um,
1: honestly, probably not 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 that well. I think it's really tough to deal with downswings when starting out, and um, I don't I don't know. Like, I would ask like like ask friends for advice. So I would always try and be, I would try and get some players that were third parties to kind of like look on my hands and like make sure I wasn't doing anything like that wrong. I was trying not to adjust too much, and yeah, just kind of just kind of keep an outlook in terms of like if you're playing good decent things will happen, but you just shouldn't, I mean, it's, 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 obviously it's really tough. Like you kind of lose confidence and that can also, I think, like make you play worse and from there it can kind of spiral. So I think it's just really important to have like friends around you who can kind of like talk you through it and try not to focus too much on like running bad and just kind of focus on playing, like playing the best you can going forward.
0: Yeah. I remember someone saying, um, you know, about the downswings and stuff, it, the worst thing that it can do to people is sort of make them question or even change their game that's made them a winning player and it's a sort of spiral that like you say they start maybe changing things or tightening up in spots where they wouldn't and that can even just you know cause even more of a downswing if you like yeah, yeah. so like what was your once you're building online was it just a very like right I'm going to move up the stakes I'm going to build a bank over the cash games or what, what was your sort of like shot taking approach you know whether it be tournaments or Higher stakes cash games. Did you have any sort of set rules, or was it just like on on mood?
1: Uh, I didn't have any strict rules. I think I was kind of like had the trust in myself to be able to make good choices and not make taking any risks that were too big. But I have definitely taken some risks in my time. Um, I was kind of like every time that I lost a certain amount, I would kind of take a step back and uh, and look at like where I was and see what see like where to go from there. So i always I felt that I wasn't a player who would kinda of tilt away like my entire role or anything like that. Um I would always be able to like just like stop and and take a look, especially, especially in cash it's really important Which means, like like if you think that you've lost like seven buy ins, you know, like, you're not playing great, then you just quit because even though yeah, you you could win back those seven buy ins in the same day, it's not gonna be fun. It's, gonna, it's just it's just your mind trying to get unstuck. Whereas you will have the exact same games there tomorrow and you'll be in a much better state to actually play them.
0: Yeah. So you were always willing to sort of move up and down as your bankroll dictated. Yeah, you, you, I, I you could drop stakes. I
1: could definitely drop stakes. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely painful, especially when you're playing like kind of big to move down. But I think it's an important thing to, be able to kind of like swallow your ego and pride and just grind good poker at a, a, a stake which you, which you know you can beat. Uh, especially when you're kind of like losing, losing confidence, it's kind of nice for you to to yourself to kind of like prove that you can beat the smaller stakes and uh, and then from there you kind of like work your way back up
0: yeah yeah um so like you've obviously seemed to do really well and take to the live game and probably you know you see you find it enjoyable probably helps helps you with that you know if you're playing relaxed and enjoying these tournaments you did well at the uh world series of europe last year you final tabled uh two events uh including the main event um how how was that experience oh
1: uh, yeah it was pretty exciting especially especially in the main event um it's just unreal. Like it was actually chip leader with the uh, sixteen left and unfortunately uh not much went my way basically in the last uh when I'm going down to the front table and lost a bit I, I, I didn't bit clip to bus. But that was just like for me it was like really cool to kinda of be in that position where you can literally like you're so close to winning a million like a million euros and it's just like you, you can basically taste it. And uh yeah it was kind of a bit crushing to kind of go out the way I did but Looking back, I no, it, like, no real regrets or anything. It was just a really insane run. Um, and hopefully that's something like happening in the future. But if not, i so be very, very happy that I had that chance, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you're playing, like, uh, events like these 10K buy-ins and stuff, you know, one of, a lot of pros, you know, and everyone agrees that there's sort of, like, no long run, if you like, in, in live poker. You never sort of can play enough of them to, to know, like, people, your, your true sort of return on investment, etc. So, what's your ideal like just now? You're obviously, you know, you're, you're playing high stakes cash, uh, you're online, you're doing well, you've had a few successes and stuff. Um, what's your sort of dealing with a 10k buy in? Are, are you piecing yourself out still or are you um, sort of taking it on the chin? depends on the
1: buying. Like some of the uh, like events are a bit tougher. I'll probably sell more action, but in something like the, like the main event of either, the, of either Europe or or Vegas, and I'll just probably just. I keep it all, kind of just see it to myself as like a mini shot, and just if I don't cash them, whatever. I'm, i can just make them back online, yeah. and then if, if I do cash them, it's obviously a bonus. And I think in those kind of really soft events, it's good to kind of keep as much as you can, um, even. The, and then as 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 as, as opposed to a selling, I much rather swap with other good players. I think when you sell, you have to you obviously have to sell at a markup lower than your actual ROI. Otherwise, there's no incentive for your investors to buy. But when you swap, you can swap with, the, with players who pretty much have the same kind of skill as you, and then with that, you can basically get a higher ROI on your action when you swap rather than sell. So. And it also st- and it still uh, lowers your, your your overall variance.
0: Yeah. Plus, you're getting the the old sweat as well. That's always fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially you with the the Oct- I was about to say the November nine, but it's October, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That they come back. Right, so that you'll be going out there for that, and you know, looking forward to that.
1: Uh, yeah, I was actually lucky enough as well last year to have a piece of a uh, Sam Holden. Unfortunately, he he did come ninth, but that was a lot of fun in the sweat, both at the at the main event and then at the final table. But unfortunately, he right. didn't run as good and came ninth. So.
0: Right, so two years in, a, years row, in a row.
1: Pieces in hope to make it three, but we'll see. All
0: right, well, I, I'm if I play the main event next year, I might give you a piece of me sure. for like pennies just to have it because it's like guaranteed final table. Yeah,
1: I have run pretty good, but then <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I mean it's very I'm sorry to complain about running bad, but then to have a player come ninth does feel a bit horrible, even though like he's obviously run super super good and served you to have that piece and have him make final table, but
0: yeah. So uh, what, what's your plans for the rest of Are you going to be playing the World Series of Europe this year? Or what about the UKIPT in Newcastle? That's that's just next week, I think. Yeah, I'll be
1: uh, in Newcastle uh, hoping to play the Bokeh Mayor and, and probably the High roller if uh, I'm not in anything else. Uh, and then from there, I've got quite busy month. So I, I'm going to the English Poker record, um in London. All right, and yeah. And I've got some family stuff I have to do in America. So I'm going there and I'll be back at the very end of the series in europe and uh then on to ept in sanremo so it should be nice. a busy month uh, hopefully I run good at some point and make something of it
0: yeah sounds good so um just as a sort of uh closing then if there's another max silver out there just now with 50 dollars, he's a way to stick online and or a few of them he's willing to you know bust out to the four five hundred what would you be your advice on someone looking to sort of build a bankroll now and maybe do a a replica of you in the next couple of years.
1: I mean, I th- I'd say it's really, really tough to start now. Uh, I probably wouldn't want to do it myself. Um, but no, I, I'd say just uh, like you. There's so much information out there right now, and just to be able to use that all and just like try and try and have it as a, as a hobby and, and and like have it something that you enjoy for as long as you can. Like I still enjoy poker a lot myself. Um, and yeah, I think if you just kind of keep that enjoyment, it's mean that you're gonna to want to play more you're going to enjoy it more you think you'll be more interested in learning about it and uh yeah just enjoy the game it's a lot of fun
0: yeah try and not make it a grind yeah i agree with that yeah okay well that's great max thanks a lot for your time today and uh good luck in the coming tournaments and i'll be keeping an eye on your uh, sweat in the november 9th all right thanks for it. okay cool cheers